Bible, go ahead, uh, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. We'll go ahead and dive into that tonight. So uh, maybe it's your, your first time with us tonight. I'm going to kind of catch you up on what we're doing. Um, and as you find your place in Hebrews 11, um, also find Genesis chapter 50. So find Hebrews 11. We're going to start out there. Hebrews 11 verse, uh, verse 22. And then go to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 50. Uh, and so we're going through this, uh, this, what we know as hall of faith, right, inside of scripture. And, uh, and so Hebrews 11 is obviously my favorite book of the Bible. Um, and so basically, man, you know, the whole point in us going through this series is looking at different stories of different people inside of scripture um, and knowing that, you know, we all have a story. We all have somewhere we've come from. Uh, it all looks different, but we all have a story and we're all supposed to intersect where God has us. And so we're all supposed to intersect at the cross. And so I love how we are in um, Hebrews 11, verse 22 tonight with Joseph. It's like I say every week, man. It's kind of like I talk to these, these men and women who do this stuff, and I say, hey, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to be talking about this, and so therefore you need to say this in your, in your story. You need to say this in your testimony, but I swear that's not what happens. It's just how God lines it all up. And so uh, look with me in Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to be in verse 22, and then we're going to skip to Genesis 50. So verse 22 says this. By faith, Joseph, when, he, when the end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. Now, I don't expect you to know what's going on here, and so let's flip to Genesis chapter 50 to look into the story of Joseph. And what do we learn from that? So Genesis 50 verses 24 through 26, it should be titled the death of Joseph. So literally at the very end of his life, this is when we're coming on the scene of Joseph's uh, story. Verse 24 says this, then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die. That's, that's what you want to hear, right? But God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place, just like we read about in Hebrews 11. Verse 26, so Joseph died at the, at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. And so, man, before we dive into a few things tonight, I, I love how you can look at Josiah's story. And you guys, if you don't know him, you should totally get to know him. He is obviously uh, leading out every single week here in the college ministry. And it, it, is, it is so crazy how his story is intersecting with the story of Joseph tonight. And it's cool how he mentioned God's faithfulness over and over again. If you can remember that all throughout his, his video tonight, uh, he was like, man, God's faithfulness was this, God's faithfulness was that. I saw God's faithfulness. It was evident. It was so present. But at the same time, he just didn't talk about God's faithfulness. He talked about like his, his future. Like he don't know what's going to come. He didn't choose what's going to happen right now, but he knows God is going to be faithful. And so that is what we're going to cover tonight. And so I encourage you, like, Maybe have your phone out and take notes or maybe uh, cheat off someone who is beside you or something. There's going to be a lot of notes to be taken in the few minutes that we have. And so as we read Genesis chapter 50 verses 24 through 26, here's one of the first things that we see out of this is that because of God's faithfulness that we talk about tonight, we can trust him with our future. 
There's three things that we're going to look at tonight that we can, because of his, faith, his, because of his faithfulness, we can trust God because of it. And so with, with what? With our future, and we're going to talk about a couple more things. But the first thing is because he is faithful, we can trust him with our future. Verse 26, if you're taking notes, says it like this. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I'm about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he has promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, if you're taking notes, I need you to, to, to underline this and take note of this. Every, everywhere in verse 24, this is what we see. We see a future tense of what Joseph is talking about. Look at it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die. So literally, he is, he's in this moment, right? He's in this moment to where it's not happened yet, but it's something that is going to come in the near future. And so therefore, he is in a position to where he is talking to his brothers. He's like, all right, troops, rally around, brothers. I, I'm, I'm about to tell you something that's going to happen. And so literally, he is talking to them, and he is banking his promise and his trust on something that is going to happen. Because you can see because of his words, I'm about to die. But God, uh, don't you love how scripture says, but God, like that's always good for us. But God will surely, so again, he will surely, like, so we're, we're, we're praying and we're trusting that this will happen. So he will surely come to your aid and take you out of this land to the land, to an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So do you see how he is, he's given us this future tense of, of his verbiage tonight? Like he is saying, listen, all right, I'm in this situation. This is what I'm going through. But because of God's faithfulness, I need you to understand this is what's going to happen. I know I am in this situation, the worst situation that some of us consider in our lives, death. Like nobody wants to look forward to death. But Joseph comes along and he says, all right, here's the deal. I'm about to die, but you need to understand. When I die, this is who God is. Because he is faithful, because of what we know of God, he will take you to where he has promised to take you. Like I know that, that I've lived this life and I've trusted God, but you're going to have to do it as well, right? Like that we know this relationship with Jesus is not just your friend faith or, or your family's faith, but it is something that, hey, even when they're dead and gone, you're going to have to take this up inside of your life. This is what Joseph was saying. Joseph is like, man, listen, I'm about to die. Hip, hip, hooray. Great. Don't mourn me. Don't cry after me. I, I don't want any of that. I need you to understand who God is inside of your life. And so this is what's very cool about this is that Joseph is making a promise for the future about God because of the words of God in the past. Have you ever seen that before? Have you ever seen that anywhere in scripture? This is cool because as you go on through verse 24, we see this. He says, take, take up from this land to the land he promised an oath. Here it is. Who did he promise the oath to? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so he's going along and he is, so he's literally making a promise for the people from God because of words that he has said in the past. How true can that be for us today? right? How true? How many times do we say over and over again, listen, the main part of your faith comes from remembering who God is, who he has been in your past. If you want to trust God in the future, simply look back on your past and remember who he is. And this is what Joseph is saying. He's, this promise is coming from something that God had promised years and years ago to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's not saying, hey, I'm going to tell you this because God has just made me this promise here in present day. God has just promised me this. No, I'm going to tell you this because he is faithful, and whenever he says something, it's going to happen. And so he says, all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's like, listen, I didn't get to see it in my lifetime. I didn't see it. But you know what? It's coming in the future. And so therefore, we can trust God with our future. And Joseph is, is rallying his brothers around. It's not a massive crowd. It's simply his brothers, a few people, right? And so he rallies his brother around and says, listen, I need you to understand 
This promise, if I can just remind you, this promise that God made to these guys years ago, it's gonna happen. And what you need to do now is prepare for it and trust that God will take care of your future. You can trust God with your future. I love how one study Bible put it. They said it like this. Joseph was the human agent most responsible for bringing this family to Egypt. Yet he knew that because of the covenant God had made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this world would not be their resting place. They were headed eventually back to Canaan. And so do you see this? He is, he's literally this agent, right? He's responsible for a certain situation. Even though it's not happening now, we see this future tense of, you know what? God's promises, they're not just made for right now. God's promises for my life, they're not just made for two years ago. God's promises for my life, they're not just made for in the past. Nowhere in scripture do you see where God is faithful only in the past and the present. No, God has made a promise. God has said things. And so he's saying, stop being so, such this lack of faith that you have. Stop just simply believing that I came to this world and rose from the dead in the past. Stop simply believing that I saved you from your sins. Stop simply believing that I did miracles in the gospel. Stop simply believing that I saved all these guys in Genesis from the flood, right? This, this Noah and his family. Stop simply believing that I am simply the God of the past and the present. He is saying, in order to truly have this relationship with Jesus Christ, you have to look further than just the present because we serve a God who is so much bigger than just the present. And so as we look at our lives, I would encourage you, ask yourself that question. Like, am I truly, we're seeing Joseph being this agent, am I truly trusting God with my future? Some of you, I know because I talked to you, you're about to go up into some of the hardest times of your life. And I, I say hardest times because when it comes to decision making, when it comes to school, when it comes to, to work and your career, some of you are about to graduate and you have no clue what's next. I was just talking to somebody before, before service about it. And so it's so easy to get wrapped up in the belief that, God, maybe, maybe nothing's, maybe he doesn't have anything lined up for me. Maybe God is not going to come through. I, I know what his word says, but... Satan is so good at getting in our minds, right? And he's so good at taking God out of the present as if he was never there before. And so God, God comes along and he says, no, you need to understand that Joseph, he's this human agent. He is this, he is this person responsible for this task, but you got to understand his task is not in the present. His task is in the future. And his job, Joseph's literal job is to say, here, you here right now, what you need to do is not focus on the here and now. Don't focus on the present. You need to understand because of his faithfulness, he is going to do this. If we may not have seen it yet, I will not see it with my physical body, but I know this is going to happen instead of life and you need to be ready. God will be faithful. Are you going to be faithful by being ready for when he moves? And so this is how we could sum this up, is that the future, it is always unknown. And we could, we could all agree on that. But it should never be dreaded or feared inside of your life. And I, I, I feel, man, like we, 18 to 25-year-olds, man, are, are so caught up in fear and in dread and in doubt, and in you, man, you can make a list right now of things that, that hold you back. And we are, we are so caught up in this simply because the future is unknown. And can I, just, can I just give you a word of advice? You will never know the future. There are people who get paid good money and rip people off by telling them their future, which is great, you know, but it's a lie. And so like we see in Scripture to where no one, no one knows the future. And so we know that this, this whole idea is that the future is unknown. And you know what? Joseph, he was, he was in the midst of that. Joseph was in the midst of he knew 
the one thing he did know was that things were unknown, right? He knew that his life was unknown at the moment. He knew that his future was unknown at the moment. But the one thing he did not do, he did not dread the future. He did not fear the future. He did not, he did not let this glaze come over his eyes. After all these years of having faith, after all these years of trusting God, he didn't let this dread come over his eyes. No, he got even stronger on his deathbed. This is what Joseph did. Joseph got stronger, and he's saying, I, I, I don't know how this is going to happen. I, all I know is I know that God has made a promise, and I know that God holds the future. Everything in between that, I have no idea. And so somehow, some way, we think that if we don't know everything in between those two things, then we're just messed up, we're going to give up. We're just going to give up on the plan God has for us. We're going to go our own way, do our own thing. So many of us are so caught up in fear, so caught up in doubt, so caught up in dread. You don't, some of you don't even want to graduate college because you don't know what the next step is, right? Like that, that's how you would rather stay taking tests every day and writing essays. And that's miserable, right? And so you come to the point in your life to where you don't know what the future holds. And let me just tell you, you never will. But you know that God has made a promise, and at the same time, you know that God will be faithful with his promise. I love how we, we can look in Deuteronomy 31.8. If you're taking notes, write that down. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. We need to let this soak over us tonight, Deuteronomy 31.8. We need to let this soak over us in a whole fresh way. Is that, is that Deuteronomy says, the Lord himself, we know that he goes before us and he goes with us, right? And so we know the future isn't even untapped by God's fingertips. Even the future unknown to you is still covered in God's fingertips. God walks on it daily. There is nowhere that God is not. And so Deuteronomy promises us, he's like, he goes before you and he will be with you. Oh, but at the same time, yeah, we're going to tell you that he will never leave you nor forsake you and then here, here's the best part do not be afraid and don't be discouraged don't be afraid don't be discouraged Deuteronomy 31 8 says he's going to go before you and so therefore what do you have to do don't be afraid of what the future will hold. Don't be discouraged about the future because God, your God, has this under control. Deuteronomy comes along and agrees with Joseph in this type of way, agrees with Josiah in this type of way whenever he says, I'm going to go before you. Your job is not to understand everything that's going to happen. Your job is to understand you serve the God who knows everything about everything. You serve the God who can make it all happen for you. And so scripture goes along and tells us, the second fact about God's faithfulness. Because of his faithfulness, we can trust him with our life. So let's go far beyond our future, right? Like I told you, we're gonna talk about a few different things tonight. Let's go far beyond our future. We know God, we can trust God with our future, but we can also trust him with our life. Verse 25 goes along in this story as Joseph is on his deathbed. Verse 25 says, and Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up from this place. Obviously, this is kind of where it all accumulates. This is where it all comes to a head in Hebrews chapter 11, whenever he is known for the hall of faith. But here, here's what this basically means, is that as he is talking about his bones, and as he is talking about, listen, whenever I die, you are to take my bones to a certain place, is because he is trying to tell us, you, you trust God with your whole life. That's why he uses the imagery of bones. He uses the imagery of a life well lived. He uses this imagery of, listen, I've, I've ran my race well, and listen, I'm at the end of it, and here's the deal. You need to trust God with your life. 
And don't, 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 just, don't just worry about the here and now, but trust God with your life. Trust that he is sovereign. Trust that he is sovereign, not just in the cross, not just in these scriptures, but he is sovereign inside of your life. And so because of his faithfulness, we can trust him with our whole life. And so this is very interesting, is that how our physical bodies, right? And we all know this, it will always, they will always be in the present. But here's the deal. What's inside of you, your heart, should always be focused on the things not yet seen, even if it's hard right? They should always be focused on these things. And so listen, here's the deal. You're always going to be in the present. I mean, a kindergartner could tell you that. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here right now. This is me. This is my body. And so you're always going to be here in the present. But here's the deal. Have you, have you really checked your heart lately? Because your heart should not be in the present. Your very being should not be focused on the present. This is one of the biggest things about being a follower of Jesus is that we don't, we don't simply live in the present. We don't simply have hope in the present. We don't simply have hope in circumstances that may or may not happen or in people that may or may not happen, people that may stick around, people that may leave. We don't have hope in that. We are to fix our eyes on things not yet seen. And J- Joseph leaves this incredible example of this, right? As he is on his deathbed, he doesn't see it yet. You don't have to be a Bible scholar to know this. He doesn't see it. He is saying, Joseph made the Israelites swear an oath. God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones from this place. And so he's still talking in the future. When this happens, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. But here's the reality. Whenever it happens, you need to understand, always be focused on the things not yet seen. You know what our problem is? Is we focus so much on the tangible We focus so much on the things that we can see, things that we can smell, things that we can uh, touch, things that we can be around, the tangible. We are creatures of the tangible. But let me tell you, whenever you're born again and whenever you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you then become creatures of the eternal. And then you're creatures of, I don't care what's happening inside of my life right now. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I do, but I don't at the same time because I know it's a big deal. I know I'm going through some stuff. But you know what? I'm no longer a slave to the future. I'm no, I'm no longer a slave to the present. I'm no longer a slave to my circumstances. I'm no longer a slave to the people who are unfaithful to me. I'm no longer wrapped up in the, in the present. But now, since I'm a follower of Jesus, I have my eyes fixed on things above. I have my focus, my heart, my soul on things above. I believe what we should do every single day is we should check ourselves and make sure before we even walk out of the door that we are focused on heaven. Because if you're focused on earth every single day, that, that will get you nowhere. We're seeing at an all-time level, especially in this age group, an all-time level of depression and anxiety and fear. We, we had this overwhelming number of people who were dropping out of college simply because they can't handle what is being thrown at them. We had this overwhelming amount of people dropping out of the workforce, not just because of covid but because they can't handle the pressures of the world. Listen, you don't need to spend your life focusing on something so temporary. Live your life, but at the same time, understand there's a bigger picture to be had. If you know anything about me, man, I, I, love, I, I love reading people's biographies, right? Like especially 
preachers who have, have gone before, and it's so interesting to me how some people have given so many hours of their lives to prayer and to fasting and to all these different things. And so I was reading, as I was studying for this, I was reading about George Mueller, and some of you may, may know him, uh, have heard of him, but, but he, he was this incredible preacher. And so listen to what, what he says about faith and, and prayer when it comes to the future and trusting God with everything you pray. He said, some promises of God take a long time to fulfill, and we must persevere in trusting God. George Mueller was a remarkable man of faith who ran orphanages in England. In a sermon preached when he was 75 years old, he said 30,000 times in his 54 years as a Christian, he received the answer to prayer on the same day he prayed it. Wouldn't that be nice? Anybody want that? But not all his prayers were answered so quickly. He told of one prayer that he brought to God about 20,000 times over more than 11 years of his life. And he still trusted God for the answer. He said, I hope in God. I pray on and look for the answer. Therefore, go on waiting upon God. Go on praying. Have we become a people of God that we're willing to wait 11 years for the answer? Have we become a people of God where we're willing to pray it 20,000 times? What if he would have stopped at 19,999? You see what I'm saying? Have we become a people so fixed on the goodness of God and our gaze is so fixed on heaven and to eternity to where we're like, God, whatever comes up in my life, Lord, I'm gonna pray for it. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna trust you for the outcome, God. I may not see it in my lifetime like Joseph didn't see it in his lifetime, but God, I know someone's gonna see it and maybe I can plant the seed. Maybe I can start the fire. Maybe I could be the trailblazer to the next generation. Maybe I could be somebody who, who understands what prayer is, who understands what a relationship with the God Almighty is, with the God of the universe. Maybe I I could be somebody, an example. Maybe I pray 20,000. Maybe I pray 50,000 times. Maybe I pray over 20 years of my life. Maybe I get the answer that day. But God, whatever comes, God, I want to be known as someone who takes it to you because I know you never get tired of me. I know you never leave me or forsake me. What will it take for us to be a group that is hungry to see God move like that, right? What will it take for us to be a group, not just trusting God with our future, but trusting him with our life? Like it's not about us anymore, right? George Mueller understood that. Josiah understood that in, in, in his message. He understood it, man. Nobody wants cancer. Nobody wants COVID. Nobody wants these things. But God allows these situations to come into your life, not to wreck you, not, not, to put you, not to put you down under, but to fix your eyes on the situation above instead of the situation in the present. And so here's my message to you tonight is that don't judge God's faithfulness based on your patience inside of this life. Rather, judge God's faithfulness based on his reputation. Like, Become a group, become individuals that don't, don't just base God's faithfulness because you're impatient. Don't, don't leave God because you feel like, well, he's left me. Well, he's gone. I started out here with God and now I want to be here with God. But you know what? I'm only right here with God. And so therefore, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose all my, all, all, my, all my patience with him. So many times it's not that God is unfaithful. It's that you're just impatient. God isn't in a hurry right? Like God, God has no plan to rush anything. And so, so many times in our lives, we, we judge God over the, well, he's unfaithful. Well, he's left me. Well, he doesn't love me anymore. We could all say those things about our life. We could all, we all go through periods inside of our life to where we believe this. But think about it. How many times have you just simply been patient with God? How many times 
just like he's patient with you. Like he was patient with you on the cross. How many times do we give it back to him and say, God, I don't, I don't know what it looks like. I don't know. But Lord, I, I know you made a promise. I know you've put something on my heart. And God, I know you're going to fulfill it. But it, it ends in an even better point. Number three, because of God's faithfulness, we can trust him with all of our eternities. This is where it is. Not just, not just the future, not just our life, but we can trust him with all of our eternities. Verse 26 says this, so Joseph died at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Can you say life well lived, man, right? We can, play, we can trust God with our eternity, and, and what we want to do a lot of times inside of this life, for some reason, what we want to do is, is we want to get to where, well, if we trust God with the here and now, if we trust him with our circumstances, with our situations, if we trust God with, with the things going on from day to day, we're where we need to be. Some of you, you're too focused on the here and now, and you ain't even focused on where do I stand in eternity with Jesus Christ. Some of you are so focused on just getting through a day and surviving another day, and you think you're good, but you've never focused on do I have a relationship with this Jesus? Do I truly believe that I can trust him with my eternity? And so we start so small with God. We start so small and we don't even think about the eternal aspect. But here's what I want to encourage you guys with, like trusting a sovereign God. This means going far beyond your life on into eternity, right? It, it means going far beyond the here and now. Not once in scripture does God call us to be, hey, I'm going to applaud you for being so good in the here and now. No, no time as a follower of Jesus do we see inside of his word is he applauding anybody for simply focusing on the here and now. They are always focused on eternal aspect. If you don't believe me, go, go and look it up. They are always focused on this eternity, eternity view, on this eternal view of their lives, not just their lives. This is the cool thing about it. After they became Christians, all, all the disciples, everybody inside of Scripture, after they chose to trust God with their eternity, what did they do? They simply forsook themselves and they said, listen, I do not want this life to be about me. I don't want this life to be about me. And so therefore, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just focus on my eternity. I'm going to focus on other people's eternity. And so I call you tonight to trust a sovereign God with your eternity. Don't just trust him with your life. Don't just trust him with your plans. Don't, don't simply settle for the temporary when it comes to eternal. Don't simply settle for the temporary when it comes to a sovereign God. No, go far beyond that. One, one person said it like this. According to this passage and Hebrews eleven twenty two 22, as we link them together, Joseph was never buried. This is so interesting. His coffin laid above ground for the 400 or so years until it was taken back to Canaan. It was a silent witness for all those years that Israel was going back to the promised land, just as God said. Can you see this? Think about it, 400 years. Year 100, this little kid walks by. Hey, there's a, there's a random coffin laying above the ground, mommy. Hey, that's weird, right? Year 250, random kid walks by, right? Random old lady. She's on her cane, right? I guess they had canes back then. Little stick, right? Hey, there, 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 oh yeah, yeah, I know what that coffin is. It's Joseph's coffin. He, he let that as, as a reminder. And then you're, 325, somebody walks by. Hey, there, there's, there's Joseph's coffin. Hey, I see it. Like, I, I've read about that. Like, I've read to where this is supposed to be a physical sign of what God is doing. 
And every time someone walks by this coffin above ground, which is number one weird in my opinion, but it's how God chose for it to be. Every time someone walks by this coffin, they don't, they don't see just a random weird coffin. They see God's promise, right? And so his, his coffin is laid above ground for 400 or so years until it was taken back to Canaan. So God's promises were finally fulfilled after all that time. And the point is not to, to have something weird inside of Scripture. The point is to see that God, God left his faithfulness back even when Joseph was not even there, even when Joseph was not even present. God, God said, listen, lay it above ground. Don't, don't bury it. Lay it above ground. Why? Because it's a sign to everybody that walks by all those 400 years. It's a sign to every single person that I'm going to be faithful. You mark it down. Whatever person walks by, it may not happen in their lifetime. But you know what's going to happen. Whoever walks by, so-and-so year, it may not happen then, but you know what's going to happen. And so God had this plan that Joseph started, he planted this seed inside of his life, right? He never saw it fulfilled. He never saw it happen. We see where, where he dies. But he is an agent of the faithfulness. That's what he is. How many times is God calling you and me to be simply agents of his faithfulness? Let, let's not get so selfish to where we're like, God, if I don't know it, I'm not going to believe in it. God, if I don't see it, I'm not going to believe in it. God, if, if you haven't shown it to me tangibly, I'm not going to believe in it. Don't be that selfish. Some people are meant to see God's promises fulfilled, his faithfulness. Some people are simply meant to be an agent. What are you going to be? I don't know. What am I going to be? I don't know. But here's the deal. Anytime you deal with a faithful God, there's always eternity at hand. And so here's what I want to leave you with, is that your first step in trusting God tonight does not involve your life right now. Your first step in trusting God involves your eternity, followed by daily trust and obedience in this God. It's like we talked about earlier, man. So many of you guys are focused on the here and now. What is going to happen? What does my life look like? Yes, I know it's busy. Life drags me down. I'm so focused on that. When you haven't even focused on, am I walking with this God? Do I have a relationship with this God? Not have I been baptized. Not have I always been in church. Not, well, I grew up this denomination. Not, well, my parents did this when I was younger. Do you have a relationship with this God? And that may be why you can't fix your eyes on the bigger picture is simply because you don't know the bigger picture. Maybe you can't focus your eyes on things above because you've never experienced the above. And so some of you need to get that straight tonight. Like, don't, I'm not encouraging you to focus on being a good person or right now, but listen, you focus on eternity, focus on the big picture. And then it's crazy how God is always switched. It's always like turned upside down with God. You focus on the big picture, then he will allow you to focus on the smaller picture. You focus on the, on the eternity, he will allow you to conquer with his spirit, the temporary. You don't do it like our minds tell you. And I, I'll take this little bit and God will give me this. No, no, you focus on this. 
have I focused on this relationship with Jesus Christ? Am I focused? Am I like Joseph? Am I like Josiah? Is my gaze fixed? I didn't ask for this. I didn't want this. Is my gaze fixed? I don't care what life gives me. Is my gaze fixed for the long run, for the long haul? Do I know that my God will come through? Do I know that my God will be faithful? And then after that, it is amazing. He opens your eyes, and I've experienced it before, man. It's weird. He opens your eyes, and and you know that you can trust him day to day because you've trusted him for forever. You know that, man, he's he's your bud because you've trusted him for forever. You know that he will never leave you or forsake you. There's this confidence that comes over you as you focus on the God of the eternal. As you focus on the God of the eternal, there's this confidence, there's this reassurance that it will be okay. There's not dread, there's not fear, there's not all these things. There's simply trust and hope, not knowledge, but hope of what God will do. So everybody just bow your heads with me. Let's just, let's, let's, let's just pray. Maybe you're more comfortable with getting, getting in the aisles or going to the back of the room, coming to this altar. I just want to encourage you to do whatever you feel is best in these next few moments. Just a personal word. What what I don't want to do is simply come up here and talk for a few minutes and this band lead and you guys leave with nothing more than what you came with. Because here's what we know about God and we believe about God is that we have to draw near to Him for Him to draw near to us. We have to want Him He's not going to force himself on you. He didn't force himself on Joseph. He didn't force himself on Josiah. He didn't force himself on me at nine years old. We have to willingly come to this God with a surrender in our hands. So whatever that looks like for you tonight, maybe you're... Maybe you're not a believer. Maybe, maybe you just kind of always have done this church thing or whatever. You need to get that right tonight. Maybe you are a believer and you got room to grow. You got to get that right tonight. So Jesus, here's what we ask of you, Lord. We, we pray right now, God, that God, this whole room would be focused on the eternal in these next few minutes. That, God, we would not be a college ministry. We would not be individuals. God, that we know we have a sovereign God, an eternal God, but we focus on the temporary. God, help us not be that shallow. Lord, during these next few minutes, God, I pray that you would give boldness to the person that needs boldness. God, give salvation to the person who's looking for salvation. God, be, be love to the person looking for a loving father. Be grace to the person that's looking for grace tonight. God, we ask that you be all things to all people, something that we can never do. So Jesus, I pray over this group. God, I pray over these students, whatever their stories are. God, we just heard one tonight. Whatever they've been going through, God, whatever they're experiencing, whatever they're feeling right now, nothing compares to you, God. And Lord, we trust in that. And so God, as this band leads us, God, we pray that that, God, we'd experience your movement. God, we pray that we'd experience your sovereign hand over this room. God, we want to walk out knowing 
whatever just happened in that worship center in that college gathering, no human could ever come up with that. So Jesus, we pray that you would break hearts. God, that you would allow souls to be fixed on you during these next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen.